Well, hello and welcome to the Hoot News and Ideas from Region Media. Hoot, hoot, Genevieve, you're back. I'm back. How exciting is this? Oh, look, I was going to give a seagull hoot, actually. I don't know quite what that... Squawk, maybe, rather than hoot. If it works for you, that's fine. You're looking really unimpressed. I'm thrilled to have you. (laughs) (laughs) Thrilled to have you back. Thanks to Claire Fennick. The big owl. Yes, thanks to Claire Fennick, our political reporter, who wrangled one David Murta on our list today. Infrastructure, debt and uneasy conversations in the lead-up to the ACT election. Motorsports, because, gee, everything is the same year after year in Canberra. And that bloke from Queensland, whoever he is, who thinks we are an awful place. Thanks, Mr Premier. Right back at you. Uh, But first... Regretfully, not maths with Dave. Oh, there, there is maths with Dave later, and I know you've missed it. But first, somebody Co- may have screwed up a little bit in your absence. Corrections and with Dave. So what correction. did you go and say while I was away? What did you do? So last week, listeners, you may remember we were discussing mobile phones, and I made the point, which I, which is true in New South Wales, you can, in New South Wales... Use your mobile phone if you're in a drive-through, because this is the the big important thing. You can use it to make a transaction, show a voucher in a car park, driveway or drive-through when the vehicle is stationary. That's in New South Wales. That is not the case in the ACT, which strikes me as absolutely ridiculous. So we contacted ACT policing. They said, the law states that it is an offence to have a mobile phone in your hand while driving. This includes situations such as while stationary, at a set of traffic lights, obviously, at a fast food drive through and during school drop-offs and pickups, which I don't think anyone would have ever doubted that. However, police may apply discretion when it comes to instances such as the ones described above. I wouldn't suggest you try this outside the school pickup. It does strike me as insane. So I suppose if you're in the drive through stop your car, turn off your car... Then you can use your phone, but do be quick because the police behind you may give you a beep. I just love that this is the thing where you made an error. I have never, <laughs> never occurred to me that this would be an issue. Uh, however... This is a big issue. Uh, yes. Maybe not for you, Genevieve, because, no. you know, they don't do roadside delivery of organic fruit and vegetables. <laughs> however, <laughs> for some of us who occasionally do a late right late night run to Macca's... This is a big deal. Well, I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to just position this as thank you and move on. I'm not going to say that we'll now discuss more important matters because clearly it's very significant to you. However, on the actual news front, let's begin with some promises in this mm. electoral cycle. We'll all be voting on the Territory Government's future at the end of this year. The Chief Minister has said the infrastructure projects will be going ahead and his political calculus seems to me to be that the value of those infrastructure projects to the people of Canberra is greater than the risk to our credit ratings, in essence. That's the, that's the gamble for, for the chief. And look, it's worth pointing out on the credit ratings, though, while we've lost a notch, we are hardly alone there post-pandemic, but the Liberals have questioned this strategy pretty robustly. What are you making of it? I think we have managed to avoid any suggestion of debt in the ACT quite well because it's always been this idea that it's a small amount and it doesn't really matter. I actually don't think that's true anymore. At the moment, we owe $16 billion. And according to the forward estimates, this is going to go up to $18 billion. And that's before you factor in a whole lot of stuff that hasn't been put on the budget 
and we don't have estimates for. And there are a lot of things, light rail stage B to Woden, the Canberra Theatre Redevelopment, the Northside Hospital, a new stadium, a convention centre, the music pavilion I think is going to be $5 million. I mean, that's an accounting error. But I want to give you some perspective on how much we owe in the ACT per person because it's not a small amount. So when you talk about Australian government debt, it works out to about $31,000 per person. In the ACT, it works out to about $34,000 per person. Now, in Victoria, Victoria is always the example that's you know, Victoria owes more than the entire east coast of New South, well, of, of Queensland, New South Wales, and us. They owe about thirty-five thousand eight hundred per person. So we're getting up there, and that's. And I, I would just ask people to think about what did we get for all that money. So look, look, let me hold you up on that. We know this won't be great news. The mid-year budget review says there'll be a $340 million blowout and it'll take until 25, 26 before we're back in surplus. Higher spending is a part of that and the government's acknowledged it. But my read of the government tea leaves is that our spending alone is not the deficit driver here. Revenue has declined. Some of that's driven by the cutback federally, interestingly, in consultancy fees. So the federal government goes and says, let's stop wasting enormous amounts of money on consultancy fees. And it's got an interesting flow on in the ACT economy in terms of payroll tax. We've got less GST share. We've got higher cost of borrowing. If you were building a house and you were midway through, you were having a lean time, but you were basically confident that things would work out in the long term, would you leave your house just sitting there with a tarp? Or would you press on? Well, we're not at that stage for a lot of these projects. These are still on the drawing board. And I come back to the original point. What did we get for our $16 billion? Because I I understand the whole point about consultancies, which I find hilarious. It's a very, very interesting, unexpected (laughs) outcome, that one. So uh, this looks to me like excuse grabbing. I do understand that GST has been a little bit funky because the population Mm. data from the ABS has been wonky. However, we are $16 billion in debt, what did we get for it? Our emergency department for 20 years has been shoddy. We don't have a new stadium. We don't have a new theatre. We have a couple of kilometres of light rail. Well, that didn't cost $16 billion. So this idea that they're great economic managers, I want to know where the money's gone because this, we haven't even done all these wish list things, which to me looks like legacy building. Mm, and look, I mean, it is worth pointing out on those things that there's a the, the things you've nominated there. There's a substantial difference between them. So yes, light rail is an ongoing project. The Canberra Theatre is a project that is that is rolling on and actively in process. Those things like the stadium and and convention centres and those kinds of things we've all been arguing about for as long as I've been a journalist in Canberra. They're on the never-never. I I think those are things that come in and come Mm. out at at various points. So the big things are light rail and the theatre. And there's a lot of economic modelling on the impact that, and I I know this because of close connections with the theatre, that the impact that that will have on the ACT's capacity with, you know, tourism and hospitality, accommodation, a whole bunch of things will flow from that theatre project, which are very, very positive in the outcomes for the ACT in the end. So I think... Maybe the government is looking like it's promising more than it's actually delivering. Uh, yeah. Well, Elizabeth Lee said that there could be a price tag of $8 billion. Now, did she pluck that figure out of thin air? Maybe. But the government hasn't given anything to counter that. And the interesting thing Elizabeth Lee said during the week is that the government often argues that for light rail, for example, 
They can't tell us the numbers because they're commercial in confidence. But she went on to say they're quite happy to say that Northside Hospital is going to cost a billion and no contracts have been signed. I think they're being a little bit tricky by half. And it does, I, I come back to the point, it does look like Andrew Barr wants to set these all in train. Then he can retire somewhere somewhere during his 50th term. And he's got a legacy no matter who takes over, because we are going to get a new stadium eventually. We are going to get we'll the get camp. There. And, but he'll always be able to put up his hand and say, well, it started under me. Yeah, but we really can't afford these things. We really can't. Speaking of infrastructure, here is a brilliant, oh, God brilliant idea from the Belco party. No more light rail. Just sort of leave that one where it is. Instead, a full-scale motorsports facility named after Chick Henry, coincidentally also a, fa- a founder of the Belco party. That would keep everyone happy, would it not? Don't drink in policy. <laughs> God help us. Look, I'm I'm all for a drag strip, right? Because those, you know, but the arguments in favour of a motorsport facility like, oh, people will hoon out there and, you know, because it's not just going to be a motorsport facility for supercars or sit down, everybody. They reckon we're going to bring Formula One to Canberra. No, we're not. We're not. No, gonna, we're, we're not. not gonna, we're going to be lucky if we get supercars because I, I mean, I arrived in Canberra just before the whole kerfuffle over the street racing, which I thought was hilarious, because if nothing else, it irritated all the right people. But they, they said it's going to be a 365-day-a-year facility. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Although they say there's going to be, you know, people, if they want to get that out of their system, they can go to a racetrack. The people who are going up and down Lonsdale Street burning rubber are not going to go, oh, I'll spend $300 on a track day. No. Is there an <laughs> idea we've heard from the Belco party that had meaningful political traction? This is this is <laughs> extraordinary. I mean, on every single level. Now, for a start, I love their costings. They reckon we can get out of this from between 65 and $100 million. Now, I hit the Google later last night. <laughs> more I, maths with Dave. More maths with Dave. I don't know how much it costs to build a racetrack. I'm not going to pretend. However, what I do know is that the, the Victorian government, those poor taxpayers down there, they get shivved for about $80 million a year pumping money back into Formula One because apparently Ferrari and all these people who, you know, can spend millions upon millions of, on cars – can't make a profit. So they they just take money from taxpayers. It's like a whole lot of things in our society these days. They don't make profit. They farm money from taxpayers. I'm done with it. Yeah, and so so re- referring to the idea that um, that Formula One would come to Canberra, and I can't oh. say that with a straight face, and our previous conversation about the, the dearth of revenue and all kinds of other issues, the careful planning that's gone into this idea has to be really admired. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm speechless. It's just, it's one of those things that people will vote for oh, this of idea because they they're not they they can't use a calculator. They can't add up on their fingers or use an abacus or something and go. None of this will make make sense. None and it's of it not going to happen. It won't happen in a thousand years. No. <laughs> but they reckon they're going to have. Oh, it's just extraordinary. They reckon they're going to have a world class facility um, with all the bells and whistles. And they'll fund it. This is the the only bit of it which I think could be argued is policy. They're going to scrap light rail, okay, through a government partnership with a private company. They reckon it'll cost $100 million tops, and that'll include a drag strip, 
Oh, of course, super, super cars and Formula One. A skid pan, racetrack, grandstand, buildings to house a training centre, eateries, admin office and stables for the unicorns. <laughs> I was just going to suggest, I reckon we establish um, a lolly jar for swearing here in the office and we can give them the proceeds. That might Do they work. make lolly jars that big? <laughs> yeah, no, there is a lot of swearing in the region offices. Especially <laughs> when I saw this policy. Turning to other ludicrous suggestions, the Queensland Premier, Stephen Miles, has joined the lengthy and frankly tiresome list of people dissing Canberra. Uh, at this point, suggesting that the AIS should be in sunny Brisbane with its excellent 99% humidity <laughs> because, because Canberra <laughs> is an awful place. What do you reckon? This is as old as the hills. It's incredibly tiresome, particularly in Queensland because they, the parochialism in Queensland I think is greater than anywhere else. You know, once a Queenslander, always a Queenslander. And we had during the pandemic, um, Alastasia Palaszczuk said, Queensland hospitals for Queenslanders. Yeah, I'll think about that next time we send a giant check to you um, under the GST thing, because you're still being funded more than you should. I didn't like the response of Yvette Berry, and I didn't like the response of Shane Rattenbury, Shane even Rattenbury though... Shane Rattenbury said that they sh- he should be taken to Mooseheads. I thought that was su- a fair suggestion. It was, but what they should have said... Okay. They should have really unleashed the beast... Because the extraordinary thing about Queensland is it's not as great as Queenslanders think. Oh, perish the thought. Go ahead. Oh, the beaches are great, they say. Yeah. Except for the ones with the box jellyfish. The rivers are great, except for the proserpine, which is full of crocs. The islands up there are great, except for the ones that were abandoned, like Great Keppel in 2008, still sitting abandoned, or South Mole, which closed when Tropical Cyclone Debbie hit in 2017. And that brings us to the weather. Your weather is great in Queensland. 99% humidity, as Genevieve said. Beautiful one day. Armageddon the next. There have been 207 tropical cyclones to hit the east coast of Queensland since 1858. All of this is off the top of my head, listeners. In fact, if you're thinking, what will you call your next child? Check out the list of cyclones that have hit Queensland. You could have Jasper, Isla, Herman, Freddie, Gabrielle. They're the severe and tropical cyclones last year. Just last year. Oh, and Steve, Stevie Miles, your Olympics are looking a bit crooked too, so maybe you should concentrate on things that you can control. For example, you're probably not going to have a stadium in time because you've got your maths all wrong. But if you're wondering where to hold the swimming event, maybe you could do it next time the Wyvernhoe Dam floods because it happens every 10 years. 2011, 2022, in 10 years' time, it's going to be 2032 after the last flood. Hold it right in the middle of Brisbane. Things Where's that swear jar? Where's yeah. that swear jar? <laughs> Things will go very well. I will just interject my favourite uh, personal anecdote about being in Brisbane. I was at a, an event at Government House in Brisbane. I had about an hour and a half to spare before I had to get um, on the, the bus to the plane. I thought, I've got time to go over to the art gallery. It was Melbourne Cup Day. And I thought, I've, it, it'll take 15 minutes to walk across the, the bridge. It's a doddle. I have about an hour there. This is all going to work really well. I had not been quickly walking in the Brisbane streets for more than five minutes, infested by heavily intoxicated women in fascinators lurching about before I thought, I could have a heart attack in this humidity. Every item of clothing I was wearing was stuck to me. And how are you going to do AIS? I mean, you can't do all the training at the AIS indoors, surely? Oh, (laughs) Queensland is a horrible place. Stephen Myers, stay there. Oh, except when you come down to Canberra 
on bended knee pleading for more money because you guys haven't run a proper budget in about 15 years. Oh, and we didn't even bring up Ross River fever. My God, the place rocks. <laughs> I'm, I'm just fully expecting that someone somewhere in Canberra has sent him one of those mugs they've got down at the Pop Canberra shop that says Canberra thinks you're boring too. Uh, but look, the weather's better here, I reckon. This has been The Hoot. Find us on the website or your usual podcast places. Please rate us, review us, sign up so we drop into your feed. Back next week, more maths from Dave, less errors now that I'm back to crack the whip. Hoot hoot, Genevieve. Hoot hoot.